We're back. It's me this time with the technical difficulties. It feels good that to not be the one who's responsible for our downfall. And like, I, not to throw shade, but I fixed my problem really fast. What do you mean not to throw shade? Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is Good Morning Toy World, your source for semi-premium adult-related toy content. I'm your host with the most, your ghost with the most, your one and only road tripperoni, and joining me, as always, via satellite, the daddy, the stay-at-home daddy of Diaclone, (laughs) Tony. Did you want to say hello to the people, Tony? Hello, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back. Welcome Welcome. It's good to have Welcome you. It's good to be to here. Us. We've made it. All those jokes about me canceling and quitting the podcast, those are all jokes. Those were all jokes that Fool, one day will become ya. true. We, what? No, this is going to last forever. That would be so fucking crazy if we were like fucking 60 years old. Like double <laughs> our current ages and just like still talking about toys. It's like... Yeah. I, oh, I man. remember Ashley Wood before he died in a horrific jizz accident. <laughs> he died the way he lived. <laughs> like a drip. Covered in feet and cum. Like a drippy oil painting of a vagina. <laughs> oh, what a character. Oh, man. Oh, no. Are we, like, putting up predictions of how we're going to, like, end this? End the podcast? Yeah. Or, like, our lives. Let's... No, that's too dark, especially coming back. I'm going to say, well, I mean, that would probably be one end of the podcast. Um, But, like, what's the, like, is it going to be a falling out between us? I don't think that'll happen. Are we? No, I don't think so either. Would have by now. Yeah, I think if our relationship were to to end up on the rocks, we would have done that by now. I th- yeah, it would have been this last weekend. Yeah, that would have been the killer. <laughs> uh, I would have said one one too many things in the car, and then you're like, get the fuck out. Slam the brakes, and you break your nose on the dash kind of thing. Like yeah, a Tarantino yeah, and flick. It's talking about parking a bit too much, and you're like, <laughs> freak out at me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think it'll be a falling out. I think... I don't know. I think it's more likely that like our lives become too busy to a point where we can't really well i don't know it doesn't take a lot of time to produce this show it's not like it's not like an intense thing i know it's gonna stop it is the technical issues that we always i'm getting a little leg spike here Uh, yeah i lost you for a sec there i don't know what you said okay i didn't say anything important um i I think it's most likely that we I was going to say that we get too busy to do the podcast, but the podcast doesn't really take a lot of time. Like, so it's not like, it's not like, oh, oh, geez, my life is so hectic. I can't find an hour (laughs) to do stuff. (laughs) I think it's more likely that, I don't know, we decide we don't like doing it, but I don't, and then like, I don't know. I feel like no matter how it ends, I guess we can promise the audience we won't leave them high and dry. We'll definitely do a finale if we ever did end it i think right like mm, no i like the mystery of <laughs> it just abruptly Oops. ending <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I, I from the podcast i was on before it was always a scheduling issue 
Yeah. It's kind of like D and D, you know. But y- your podcast had like one between one and four people on it all the time, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So this is a lot more manageable. And that's the problem with D and D campaigns too. It's like you've got the DM mm. who they do all their homework, they get everything ready, and then it's like wrangling cats or hurt, yeah. hurting chickens or whatever. It's just like trying to get four other humans in the same place at the same time. Yeah, just not doable. It's not fucking yeah. doable at all. Anyways, we're yeah. here. <laughs> we, we're, yeah, we're good. We're still, this isn't going to happen for a very long still, time, or, or it might. Well, you don't we're know. still a podcast. Yeah. Uh, Stay on your toes. Yeah, hell yeah. We're, we, t- we took a little time <laughs> off because I went on an adventure. And... Yeah, tell us all about it. You're the one that did all the cool stuff. I just waited for you by the door, like a... <laughs> just, just waiting at your front door like for me to show dog up. Dog waiting for his master to show up. Oh, that's kind of cute in a tragic way. Uh, I I had a fucking grand adventure. Um, road trips are really expensive. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, by the way. But yeah, no, it was good. I went to I went to Harrison Hot Springs, which is near Chilliwack, which is near Abbotsford, which is kind of near Vancouver. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it was... We're going through, like, a forest fire season. Um, If you don't know, listeners at home, the the world is warming and the heat death of the planet is inevitable. Uh, And a side effect is all the forests ignite. So when we were in Harrison, it was rather smoky. And... It was good though. Like it was nice to to swim in the waters of the Sasquatch. So, mm-hmm. for, for those who also don't know, the Harrison Hot Springs area is home to uh, lots of Bigfoot encounters, and the park there, the the uh, provincial park there, is actually called Sasquatch Provincial Park. Um, yeah, due to the amount of uh, sightings yeah. that were sighted. Yeah. So Sasquatch is there hanging out doing stuff i didn't get a chance to see him i did see a fucking raven like up up close and at like face level oh that's like i could have reached out and touched this bad boy um i did a little hikey hikey poo around a lake and i reached a point in the trail and this i saw something scutter and and fly up and i was like oh cool a crow and i got closer (laughs) and i was like not a crow a garbage can size raven ravens are fucking huge but yeah they're big boys by the by because when you think of a crow you're like ah yes the crow nature's tiniest garbage eating bird but yeah ravens are like majestic forest versions of what crows wish they could be and this bad no wonder why poe shit up his pants when he had one knocking on his door that one night uh they're so big uh but homie flew up into the tree and stood on a branch and i was like all right, I'm just going to walk calmly past him and hope he doesn't peck my face, because if he does, he's going to win that <laughs> fight like 10 times out of 10. Uh, yeah. And he was chill. He just like watched me walk by, and I was like, thank you, Raven, for granting me passage <laughs> through your forest. And well, yeah, that was really fucking cool, <laughs> so I got some nature in. Um, the next stop was Revelstoke. Um, oh, were you Revelstoke to go through there? I, I honestly didn't get to appreciate Revelstoke um, as much as I wanted to. So again, we were driving through the mountains, and unfortunately said mountains were on fire. So mm. there was a lot of smoke, and right after we got through and landed in Revelstoke, my partner and I, 
we heard from friends. They were like, oh, my God, did you guys make it to Revelstoke? We're like, yeah, what are you talking about? And they're like, they closed the highway you were on. So, like, we just made it through before they closed it down. Um, and we got to Revelstoke, and it was light out. And as the sun started going down, the sepia tone set in, and it just got oranger and oranger mm-hmm. and oranger until it looked like fucking Breaking Bad, my dude. It was fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, it was wild. Damn, that's crazy. I'm glad that you made it and Did, got through there before everything didn't like die in a fire. Yeah, that too. Yeah. That too. That you made it through. And then also didn't die on fire. <laughs> and then uh, the next stop was Calgary. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, I got stopped in Canmore. Um, <laughs> turns out I can drive real fast. So. Yeah? <laughs> I apologize, Tony, well, if, you can't. If, I told this you shouldn't. St- if I told this story to you the exact same way in person that I'm going to tell it right now, I apologize. Um, no no you should it's fine but i've told it so many times that it's kind of like a stand-up bit like i've got my formula of how i tell the speeding story so i was going real fast and in my defense that highway had no business being only 90 kilometers (laughs) per hour it was a straight stretch of road with a berm grass in the middle dividing the lanes of the highway there's no possible way you could hit another oncoming vehicle and for some reason, it slows to, it was 120, it slows to 90, and it goes back up to 120. So mm-hmm. I was going a buck 48. Uh, no, sorry, a buck 42. I was going a buck 42, and a policeman coming the opposite way booped me. And then he wanted to be a cool son of a bitch, and he did a pit maneuver through the berm and came onto my side of the highway and pulled me over. And proceeded to give me little to no information as to how to deal with my situation. Because apparently in Alberta, if you're going over 50, you don't just get a ticket. They summon you to court. So I have an official summons to the Canmore (laughs) Traffic Court. Not because uh, I did, well, because I did something wrong. Not that I'm a criminal, but it's just that at that point, a judge has to determine the amount of your fine. So... Oh, okay, okay, I didn't know that If I was going 50 clicks over, my ticket would have been about $500, but because I was going 52, a judge has to waste my fucking time, Uh, and their fucking time. So, the guy was a douche, I was like, hey, is there any way I can deal with this online? And he's like, nope, and I'm like, can I ask you a question? And he's like, nope, and he just like walked away, and I was like, cool, so, um, actually, what is his fucking name? Uh, Corporal... If you guys want to uh, look him up on his socials, and no, I don't know, just <laughs> some some fucking pig who works for the RCMP pulled me over. It doesn't matter. It, he just he was making his ticket quota. I don't care. Maybe I'll boop his name. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got pulled over, got a ticket, and then had to like do a bunch of googling and be like, how the fuck do out of province people people deal with? uh alberta tickets and like there's a whole cottage industry of lawyers who just go to traffic court on your behalf to deal with that shit because most people can't just go back to fucking canmore to deal with it yeah um but you have to pay them like 500 bones for their time so it's gonna be expensive i might phone the court directly and be like hi due to covid are you guys doing zoom lawyer stuff because i might i might be able to zoom in or skype in and 
plead my case and and get my fine. So hopefully mm-hmm. I can do that because that would save me five hundred dollars on top of this already five hundred dollar ish ticket. So. Fuck. hopefully that's the end of it but i did learn my lesson that alberta is one big speed trap um there's there's some other predatory things alberta does with um with traffic laws like granted i i was wrong i was fucking speeding i got caught i should pay a fine uh i just think it's dumb that i have to do the whole rigmarole with the court thing because i was two clicks over the arbitrary amount of clicks in which they issue tickets so yeah if it was like if you're going like 200 in a like 50 zone, I feel like oh, that might be a bit of a, but like, yeah, highway and like only two kilometers more like, cause with Vancouver, I mean, we've got like quite a big grace amount. <laughs> yeah. You can go like roughly five to 10 over and a cop won't pull you over. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, we don't have fucking cameras on everything. So, like, in uh, in neighborhoods, in in areas, in Calgary and Edmonton, they just have, like, cameras in neighborhoods. So the residential speed, let's say, is 40. And if you're going 42, the residential neighborhood speed cam will snap you. Yeah. So like you could just yeah. be driving down a very anonymous street going slightly too fast and boom, there's an $80 ticket. So mm-hmm. they do a lot of that shit. And what I learned on my drive back out of Edmonton to Jasper is that there's two small towns on the highway and those towns have green light cameras. And like, I believe in red light cameras. Like if you run a red, sure, you should have a ticket. But a green light camera is designed so that when you're passing through town, if you're two kilometers over, you get snapped and you get a ticket. And so there's these two towns on the way to Jasper from Edmonton, and they call it the, like, out-of-province tax. Because if you don't know about this and you're going slightly over in town, you get, like, an $85 ticket at, I think, six stoplights. Holy fuck. So if you're just driving to Jasper a month later in the mail you've got six tickets you have to pay if you, if you didn't notice. So so Alberta is a speed trap, but I was doing wrong, and the, and the law caught me. But that was Canmore in a nutshell. We didn't actually stop in Canmore, because fuck Canmore. Um, <laughs> but And you never will. I'll now. never go to Canmore. I will visit via Zoom if they let me, or pay someone else to go for me. Uh, and yeah, Calgary was sick. Um the the highlight was Dragon City Mall. So we talked about it before I left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were like live Googling it. Like, what the fuck is Tasty Refills? Um, spoilers, <laughs> I don't think Tasty Refills existed. Or, oh, or their signage was not in the language I speak. Because I have no idea what Tasty Refills is. And I never will. To Yeah, I just won't. Oh, that's too bad. But yeah. It's really open for taste refills. It was it was pretty fucking rad. I got to meet up with Noah. Shout out to Nosrex Noah. Um yeah, we met up and we we went to Sentry Box briefly. Um Nice, nice. And what's that? Oh shit, yeah, thank you. Uh okay. I'm I'm all over the map. Do we talk about Dragon <laughs> City Mall first or do we talk about Sentry Box? Okay, cool. With, Hit which me one? with your dragons. Dragons? Okay. So Dragon City Mall was amazing it was i don't know when it was built but it feels like a time capsule from like the late 70s early 80s um just the way the the shitty neon is and the weird little cubby stores and the sort of like 
like what's the term like Chinese mall aesthetic it's like it's got an openness but then there's areas where there's like stores that are just like a glass cube like in the middle of the Mm -hmm. hall kind of thing like the mall in Richmond very much like that Um, (laughs) but yeah it was it was super cool super weird there was like a neat little gun plus store with like just a dude who had a sign on the door that was like back in five and I was like looking at the stuff in the window and then he came back and I went in and looked at his paints and stuff and I didn't end up getting any kits, but it was like a cool, it, it also had a very Japan feel where it's like super tight, like tiny little mm-hmm. shops that are just like a little cube. You feel like you're almost in someone's toy room kind of thing. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, stores that were selling like bad cosplay Naruto headbands and stuff and, and, nice, and big nice. stuffies of, of Totoro and, and shit like that. <laughs> um, some dank bubble tea. And then the place was called the honey palace or honey something honey shop okay and it was the cute little toy shop that i actually got you a keychain at the uh oh yeah yeah. i got mine here they had a little like sophobi like or like rotocaster blown vinyl uh ultraman and the one i got you was common rider v3 v3 yeah and (laughs) there was some cute little uh astro boy dudes uh these were at a different shop but one in a similar vein a couple cute little astro boy guys yeah it was just like it 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 scratched that itch that going through weird shops when i was in japan felt like kind of Mm, gotcha gotcha. i mean different vibe different aesthetic but like just similar nostalgia somehow if that makes any sense at all no no I, i fully get that i fully get that it's like when you have like a really good meal that is of a place and for like a split second you're like oh I'm, I'm right there I'm in it like you have a croc madame and you're like hot shit I feel like I'm in France for a split second oh man that brings me right back to being in France <laughs> <laughs> but no no I, I get what you mean I get what yeah. you mean I've, I've had a few similar feels as well it was it was nice to feel feelings again that was you got to go on a field trip. yeah i got to go on a field trip it was nice to feel anything at all besides suffering so it (laughs) it was quite wonderful um that comes later yeah we did uh we did dim sum except dim sum's not really a thing because of covid so it was just chinese food in a dim sum place Nice, Uh, nice and noah was way too fucking hungover to eat anything so he had plain white rice (laughs) Um, and I felt bad for the sweet boy. Um, but yeah, we just had it. We had a gay old time. It was so nice to, to meet up with toy homies and do the kind of toy homie activities that I like to do, which is like looking in every nook and cranny of a weird fucking mall. And yeah. Oh yeah. So shout out to Dragon City Mall in Calgary. If you're ever in Calgary, go to Dragon City Mall and fuck around. It's a good time. I highly recommend it. Yeah, just lots of weird little neat shops and like cool finds like these, um, those little, the Sofubi keychain things that I found, like they were kind Mm -hmm. of, (laughs) they're in little like plastic blister pack sort of packaging. And those were all like, uh, packing taped together to make this like rod. (laughs) And then the packing tape was like stuck to the wall. And I like, I pointed it out to the lady and she came over with like fucking shears and like clipped the tape (laughs) off the wall and like cut the two I wanted from it and like taped it all back to the wall <laughs> and like the uh the that's a lot of work to right just get well yeah, not really because yeah. they had been there forever like 
they had been there since the yeah. dawn of time. And like the Good point. the price sticker was like handwritten and they were super cheap. They were like three bucks a piece or something like that. Three or four dollars a piece. So like just like super neat shit like that. And that's the kind of like toy okay. hunting and digging that I really love is like just finding this weird like specific to you obscure to everyone else kind of thing and just being like yeah that's the fucking thing right now and i want it this is my shit this is my shit my shit yeah cool hell yeah that's awesome yeah um what was what was the other place that you were talking about where i got distracted and we we picked one and not the other yeah Sentry, <laughs> Sentry box. I know what it was called. I I can recall <laughs> memories from moments ago. Um, yeah, I went to motherfucking Sentry box. Um, Sentry box is like the biggest wargaming store in Calgary, and then their like card aspect of it because they did Magic and Pokemon and all that got got okay. so big that I think they bought out the place next door to themselves and like Sentry box cards is like its own separate thing and i didn't actually go in that place although i kind of regret not going in but yeah sentry box is super cool it's like if you step inside it there's kind of a big mezzanine that's like a horseshoe Mm. shape and then there's like a sunken basementy well not basementy just a sunken level that's like open air atrium to the weird mezzanine um and down below is where all the toys are not toys rather the model kits and role-playing games and models and miniatures and paints and all that shit lives down there and then in a not covid world that upper mezzanine is where all the tables live where people are playing games and shit oh cool okay yeah yeah yeah. it it was really cool it was really comprehensive they had more warhammer there than any store i've ever set foot in um oh shit they had almost every set out right now and even shit from Forge World that has like the shit ass garbage Xerox print off that they just saran wrap to the box so you know what it is. <laughs> they've got yeah yeah the expensive they've stuff got the expensive the premium stuff. packaging. Uh, the st- the stuff that um, Games Workshop will show up at your house with a gun if you three D print yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they've got that stuff. They even had some older sets. Like I saw a couple boxes of Warhammer, uh, like the old fantasy art on the box and stuff like oh, last cool. gen old hammer boxes of skaven and shit like that um oh, which man. was kind of cool and then they had a glass case that was full of like this is something i've never experienced but used warhammer in an actual store so there was like oh, half built okay. half painted kits of someone who was like i'm gonna play orcs this week and then didn't commit <laughs> so like semi-assembled boys and the rest of the sprues that go with and they're just like they're all pretty darn cheap like you'd save like if you just wanted a band of war boys and the box is 40 bucks i would say that the used ones were half that so get get some good good deals on some half painted kits yeah yeah totally yeah yeah really really cool shop that's fucking cool but they're Perry miniatures, which are the ones we want to use for lacking. Yeah. The ones we want to make into turnip lads. Uh, Mm. they had them, but all of the prices were between five and $10 more than Imperial hobbies in Vancouver. So I didn't jump on any, but yeah. Well, that's okay. That sounds like a bit of a spoiler for later this episode. It does. I feel like, I feel like (laughs) I'm talking a lot though. 
is no 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 you're the one that did the trip i'm i'm just here <laughs> you're just here yeah so wait you're good if if you were to go to a dragon city right yeah. now that i've told you what dragon city is now that you're that you're filled in you fully understand my opinion of it if you were to go to dragon mm-hmm. city what would you be looking for oh i'd be looking for those like weird little dirt like toy shops hell yeah like without a doubt because it sound fucking sick fuck yeah yeah and so that's and then maybe some bubble tea. Yeah, bubble tea was <laughs> tight. Um, I've turned over a new leaf. I like matcha now. Yeah, I was there when you realized that too, and I was kind of like, I kind of want to leave. Are you yucking my so yum weird. or whatever people are saying yeah, these days? A bit, but that's okay. Man, fuck that. You can't. <laughs> you can't be right about everything. Well, that's why I made a podcast, is so I could pretend to be right about everything. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're here for. That's what we do. Although, I will say, in my defense, even though sometimes I think I'm right about everything, I do mm-hmm. oftentimes take a chance to to assess and then readjust my opinion accordingly. That's good. Yeah. That's I feel like that's, that's valuable, because some people, when they get locked into a position, there's no changing their mind. You can't... Yeah, true. You can't do that, so... No, I'm just I'm razzing. You're all right. You're this good was boy. that was just another way for me to feel right. I'm so, I'm so right oh, that I change my opinion about being right sometimes. <laughs> You're a goddamn monster. <laughs> I'm a sociopath. Look at me go. I can I can manipulate this situation. I can do no wrong. I don't, I don't know what voice not. I started doing. I started doing like I don't a, know like a fucking a gold a panning for gold hillbilly man like. Yeah, I'm trying to emulate it too. Yeah. Yeehaw! There's manipulation in them hills. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, yeah, that's cool. How was Edmonton though? How'd that Ooh. go? Ooh, I have notes. <laughs> good, good, bust them. Okay, motherfucking! I ate so much goddamn food while I was on this trip. Yeah, you did. I I felt like I overate. And you were only there for a couple days of this trip. There yeah. Was, there was weeks where I was unmonitored. <laughs> uh, there is a restaurant in Edmonton. Uh, shout out to Brennan Colm of the King Hideous Boys. Um, they took me to Padmanati's. Oh, and Pad- sad clown. Sad clown. No, that's uh, that's Pag- Pagliacci's in Victoria. Oh, Fuck that place, gotcha. We, all my homies hate <laughs> Pagliacci's. Oh, especially this... Yeah, I think he hates himself, too. Yeah, he's a sad clown. Uh, Padmanati's is like an Asian fusion vegan mm. restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. So there's like a local place that makes all kinds of fake meats out of like whey and gluten and tofu and satan or satan um and they provide those to padmanati's and oh oh my goodness everything on the menu is fucking incroyable to quote the french oh shit so good um i i can't sing the praises of padmanati's enough i went twice while i was there it was that fucking good um so if y'all are vegan and are in edmonton what up. are you doing? You're, why aren't you eating at Padmanati's right now while listening to this? So. But doctor, I am Pagliari. I love that. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll see myself out. 
funny joke, everyone laugh, curtains. That's that's my Rorschach. <laughs> oh man, doing a Rorschach is almost as cringy as doing a Joker. Yeah, just imagine he's typing it on a YouTube comment. <laughs> yeah, he's in Reddit, just like, um, just hate coming to incel threads, like, <laughs> typing that in. <laughs> uh, oh my god, incel Rorschach. Wow, Rorschach was a fucking incel. Yeah, I think you could just say Rorschach at that point. Yeah, dude, revelations are happening here. The, like, the Snyder Snyder cut of Watchmen is, is all about Rorschach on Reddit. Um, yeah. Claiming that women, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it, I don't even want to, I don't even want to unpack the rumors. Yeah, don't, don't invite of, this evil into your life. I don't want to unpack the rumors of what I think incels think about women. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that would be really fucking fucked if that was the thing. The shit gut of, of Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, dear Reddit, uh, I've decided not to <laughs> masturbate to save my energy. It's a forbidden technique that's going to make me smarter than all the chads. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, we're back. We're, we're back. back, baby. <laughs> Come back. I bet you didn't expect incel Rorschach. The worst part is I can't call the episode that because the algorithm will hit our show in all the wrong ways. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, exactly. Damn oh, it. Yikes. Yeah. Um, what if I what if I that... just spell it weird like people do on TikTok so they don't get censors? Like, le dollar beans. Like, if I just... People spell lesbian with a dollar sign. So they don't. Cause, oh, cause, gotcha. Yeah, because gotcha. internet algorithms hate everyone. Um, but what if I spelled incel <laughs> with like an at? Oh, there's no a in incel. I don't know. The dollar sign. Oh, wait. I know it's a C, but like. Incel Rorschach. That could work. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, we're, we're, we're workshopping as we're recording. That's kind of what we do here. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be something else funny down the road yeah too. i might say something else funny um yeah pad Minotti's fucking i am pad Minotti doctor or whatever the joke <laughs> joke was. i can't believe that, that joke is derailed oh, so bad it was so good i loved it uh, did they ever make good rorschach toys probably not uh no anything done by dc is usually bad unless it's yeah. I feel I feel like they made toys for Watchmen, but the action figures were more in the vein of like a McFarlane sports statue yeah. style. Like they didn't have a lot of posability, just like an arm that swiveled kind of shit. If I remember correctly, I think they were like the DC Direct ones, and by that I mean like like you get them at like any comic shop. But yeah, you're like looking at a really nicely sculpted like. 20 points of articulation guy like top 20 points yeah like i don't know you get the five points of standard articulation but like there's also elbow bends and like knee bends and maybe the arms go out sideways maybe i saw a different line because i'm thinking of like those fucking shitty matrix toys where like just the arms swiveled and the waist swiveled and there was like nothing else Oh man, I mean, I could be wrong. I just, I'm trying to remember, Both like... Both might exist. Yeah, I'm trying to figure, remember what DC toys existed when I worked at the shitty comic shop, so... So, Padmanati's was good. 
Yeah, yeah. And yep. spending time with Brendan Colm was amazing. Uh, we had a ton mm-hmm. of fun. Um, yeah, Bryn took me through to his secret basement where he paints toys. Um, so for those of you listening who don't know, Bryn and Colm are from King Hideous Toys. They're wonderful boys and good friends, and they make Sofubi. So their first toy they released was the Dungeon Beast. Um, Tony, you have... Do you have one or two versions of him? I have I have one. One have version one. of him. You won it in yeah. the BLM lottery? Was that where it was yes. from? Okay. Yeah. Um, so he's got one, and then I have their first run, and lucky me, the version I have is the Paint Master. So oh, this yeah, was their, right. this was their, 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 like, this is the one, that's the paint job, they're doing Absolute it. Number first. one. Yeah. And I, I'm very lucky to have it. Anyways, amazing dudes. Um, but Bryn took me to his sneaky deaky secret basement where he had his like airbrush set up in a spray booth and showed me his paints and gave me like a little little rundown of pardon me oh, man I'm at the point where I just don't hit lap cuz I don't edit out burps anymore um <laughs> <laughs> yeah showed me showed me his setup and gave me sort of a rundown of his method and showed me his his paint setup and it was like so nice to be in like an artist's space and just like look at all their shit and just be like, yeah, yeah, this is where cool stuff happens. This is the cool boy <laughs> this hours. This is the cool boy hours. This is the cool stuff hours. And like, have that like fantasy in my mind's eye of just being like, oh yeah, we're hanging out down here, painting stuff. Oh, we accidentally stayed up till three in the morning. Oh, oh I fell asleep on your couch and your dog hates me because it's the Shiba Inu and it hates everyone. Um <laughs> shout out to Hefe, to Jeff. Um, <laughs> the Shiba that doesn't like anybody but... Uh, but Bryn, but none of those things I said actually happened, but I could feel those moments and I could temporarily project them into my future maybe one day. So yeah, it was just cool to, to be in an artist, an artist's space. And I felt the same way about Colm's, um, Colm's little, little chicken coop, his little room where he, uh, where he sits and sculpts, labors away on the toys that he loves. And I got to, Oh, I thought you were talking about his actual chickens. Oh, he does have a chicken, a real chicken coop as well. Full, full yeah. of actual chickens. Um, but yeah, like to be in his workspace and just to see where he does the things that he does. It's like, I know every artist has that little bit of like, <clears throat> little bit of like shame at their workspace because like no matter <laughs> what, it's going to be chaotic. And like, I feel the same yeah. way when someone steps into my toy room and like every surface has a half finished project on it. But, <laughs> but I think when you are a creative, like you don't, see that you just see the potential of it all so like yeah Yeah, get getting to see his space and his tools and like he was pulling out boxes and showing me like old projects that they had had started and are like yeah and then we re-sculpted it to be like this and like to sort of see the like all the different steps it took to get to what they're building now and what they're making now is like really cool Mm -hmm. um and to get to see like secret things nobody knows about which was kind of fucking cool uh yeah all of it was fucking great i just had the best time and after fucking two years of edemic is that where we're at now getting to it yeah after that much time of being away from these from everyone really i didn't i didn't see Mm -hmm. anyone but like being away from like my toy people it was just absolute bliss to just fucking chill out with my toy pals and like 
you know, go get a fucking coffee and, like, hang out and watch a horror movie and, like, just bro out with my bros and have a dialogue face-to-face about toys. That was really nice. And Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. it, it was fucking immaculate. Um, I can't, I can't thank them enough for their their hospitality and for just all the cool shit we got to do together. Um, Hell yeah! And we created, we created a character. <laughs> we <laughs> we created a character called Vera. I don't know how we got to oh Vera the ghost or Vera the voice from beyond, but Vera, <laughs> Vera. She was around. Yeah, Vera was definitely <laughs> omnipresent. So the concept was being haunted by a ghost, but the ghost that's haunting the house, that's like terrorizing the children of the family, Vera, she like adapts to more modern slang <laughs> and modern colloquialisms to be better at scare- scaring kids. But then that just devolved into her <laughs> saying, get fucked scumbags. And we just kept doing this, like, old hag witch voice. And then, like, there's so many scenarios where it's hilarious to shout, get fucked, scumbag. Like, oh my god, someone yeah. comes in front of you in their car and they don't signal. And it's like, get fucked, scumbag! And, like, yeah, it just, oh, it was magical. We did not stop saying it. And it was one of those inside jokes that can't remain an inside joke. So I, no, I, I no. implore all listening to embrace the little voice of uh, Vera in the back of their mind, flip something the bird and say, Get fucked, scumbag! Become haunted yourself with Vera. Yeah. <laughs> I know I did. Yeah, were you... For like four days. <laughs> Get fucked! Yeah. Quite satisfying. It was good stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah, we, we love Vera. Vera's great. The voice Vera's from so beyond. Good. See, that's another episode title option. Vera, the voice from beyond. Absolutely. Uh, there you go. And way less algorithm uh, upsetting than... Than Incel Rorschach. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. well. uh, oh, shit. Okay. So, we after that, we left Edmonton. <laughs> after all the good times, we left Edmonton. Um that was we it. Were, that was the last of Edmonton. We were gonna, we were gonna camp in Jasper... Which is fucking beautiful. Shout out to Jasper. Shout out to nature. Shout out to... Well, I don't believe in God. But shout out to... The, <laughs> shout out to the, the chaotic universe of things that... It's a little bit of God, I guess. together I until, uh, <laughs> until that was formed. <laughs> Jasper is amazing. We were going to spend a night in Jasper, but we looked at the forecast. Um, and it was supposed to rain until like nine o'clock at night and then it was supposed to drop down to like minus one or minus two once Mm -hmm. the sun went down and we're like okay drive all day in the rain set up a tent in the rain freeze our asses off all night then take down a wet tent and start driving in the morning or stay an extra day in edmonton and do a cannonball (laughs) run to kamloops the next day we did uh, we Perfect. did that option instead, but driving through Jasper was fucking beautiful. I need to go back and I need to like spend a couple days there camping because it was so beautiful. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I've heard really nice things about Jasper. So one one day, one day, one day. One day. 
Uh, Kamloops. I honestly don't have an opinion of Kamloops. Uh, uh, doesn't matter. It's fucking Kamloops. I just stayed in a hotel and left the next day, but I did watch Pawn Stars and felt like a total oh, yeah. fucking boomer <laughs> watching Pawn Stars. Oh, it was like kind of enjoyable. Um, it was just like it's kind of it's kind of like working at the toy shop where like someone comes in with something yeah. and they're like, "Isn't it amazing?" And you're like. It is worth four dollars at best. <laughs> yeah, like this is dog shit. This my is dog guy. shit. You got, take your world. I don't know what your Mima told you, yeah, but take your World War Two minesweeper and throw it back in your yeah. garage because this shit is worthless. Just a bunch of uncomfortable dolls from England. That's not. A... Yeah, <laughs> shit like that. Man, Pawn Stars is weird. Real life is weird. Yeah. Except for that one time where they turned down an entire fucking, like, stack of Charizards that were slabbed. That was, like... Oof. Yeah. Anyway. No. Uh, so Kamloops off the list, and then boom! We're in Vancouver. So... What? You made it to... Yeah, I'm gonna let you lead the charge on this one. Uh, this little choose-your-own-adventure. Because I feel like... I I don't know. I mean, I, I, I see Vancouver from my eyes every day I'm here. Here's the choose-your-own-adventure. Just just roll with me, dog. Okay. Do you want to talk about right. Ramen Town? Do you want to talk about Toy <laughs> Traders? Or do you want to talk Imperial? Let's do... Well, well it makes sense to kind of hit it in that because that's what we did. That was the... the Ramen Town first, then Toy Traders, then that's, Imperial. That's the canonical order of IRL. Canonical order, and also there's Night Market oh, shit. in there as Night well. Night Market is in there. I also wrote down... Where I got to see you have a panic attack in person. Yeah, that was alright. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I also wrote down Gaijin, because I bought a book called, oh, yeah. called Gaijin. Um, and we need to talk about it, because I'm, okay, I'm like so... three pages in. I'm like five... I'm fu- I'll check right now. It says, okay, it says page 15, but the book didn't start till like page five. So gotcha. I'm barely into this book and there's so many problematic things we have to talk about. Oh, perfect. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So we just had a Richmond day. Yeah. Is, is what it is. All right. Let, let's talk about ramen town. Cause we ate so much ramen and not even a lot either, but like the amount, the, the, bowl. the food mount yeah was big yeah we went to gojiro mm -hmm. and you you'll know the version of the story better because you're from vancouver and this was my first experience there but okay. it's was a godzilla themed ramen place yeah that toho sent cease and desist oh, to right yeah they caught wind that they were using like pictures of godzilla on their menus and stuff and they're like that's a hard no from us dog so they probably they probably sent letters hey i think yeah. so yeah um so they had to like change up uh their signage but they were allowed to keep the name gojiro which is fine yeah because that's and... probably not trademarked yeah, and I th they changed the I think the like the spiciest one used to be called Atomic Breath. Oh, I think it still said. But now I, I think it still said that on the menu. I think it's just called Atomic Spicy now. Oh, okay, all right. I could be wrong. Uh, maybe I should go back again and check. You should. It was fucking delicious, <laughs> man. Double check. Yeah. It was so good. Um, but like we okay, so we didn't really we ate, we found a cute, charming restaurant for breakfast stumbled upon it which was great mm -hmm. 
But by the time that we were able to like, eat dinner, it was... Or, sorry, by the time we were able to get ramen, we were pretty hungry. Yeah. Like, we, we, were, we were ready for some food. I was really hungry. And, uh... So, and I told you, too, I'm like, the bowls are pretty fucking big. Just a heads up. Usually when I get ramen from there, I just get a bowl of ramen. Yeah. So, and then that's so we got there, and when we got there, I was hungry. And then we yeah. waited in line to get in for probably an hour. Yeah, give probably or take, an it was hour. like an hour. We were, we were a turnip talking, though, so yeah, we, it, we killed the time. We did quickly. kill the time very quickly talking about turnips. Um, and then, yeah, so we order our ramens, and I'm like, best thing to do is just get the big boy bowl and either get your sprouts on the side or not at all because they just bog down the meal and i i gave you my little insight about sprouts <laughs> because yeah, I, I i have a weird thing where i'm like i like sprouts when they're like dry if that makes yep, sense yeah um but like when they're wilted it just grosses me out like i can't have them in my chow mein like that kind of grosses me yeah. out um i can't have them in my pho i can't have them in my ramen but like in a, a rice or regular noodle dish, it's like, oh yeah, this is great. I, I worked in a restaurant that used bean sprouts for fucking everything. And <laughs> yeah. like every meal at that place was topped with bean sprouts or they went in them or both. And so I, because I've handled so many fucking bean sprouts in my day and dealt with so many f- uh, walk-in fridges that only sort of hold temperature, um... <laughs> bean sprouts i are amazing when they are fresh and mm. when they go off they are the most disgusting vile smelling slimy garbage you've ever known and because i dealt with so many spoiled bean sprouts the the threshold between fresh and rotten in my brain and in my nose and in my taste buds that there's a very minute threshold so I just don't eat them yeah, at all because ever since working there, every bean sprout I've ever had since has been rotten to my taste buds, even so though it's horrible. probably technically still edible. But because of dealing with so much stank ass bean sprout, I'm just like, nah, I don't, I don't really mess with it. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we order our giant ass ramens, uh, and then you order not one, but two appetizers. I will say... You're throwing around this you uh, ordered. I said we should totally order the karage. You consented to both. I, well, yeah, I mean, I was hungry. Okay, so it's, we, it's we not, share... It's not part of my normal... We share equal parts of this blame, repertoire. is what I'm saying. We are both... Okay, all we're right. We're both you the know, Billie I'll, Eilish I'll take a in portion this scenario. Of this... We're both the bad guy. Okay, I'll... Okay, I'll be Billy. you be okay. Eilish. All right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> our eyes were bigger than our stomachs. Mm-hmm. I think. Let's just say that. So, uh, but fuck, was it good? It was so fucking good. It, it so tasty. again, like I feel like this podcast is me giving out Canadian. This is my diners, drive-ins, and ramen joints. Yeah. Oh, we also episode. went to a place that Guy Fieri went to. That's true. Um, but yeah, yeah this this we'll whole episode is again. me just suggesting fucking meals to people. But if you're in Vancouver, you have to go to Gojiro. It was so goddamn yeah. good. Yeah, it was it was quite tasty. Um, I, I think I'm with you as well. It snuck into my top ramen place now. Yeah, I think it's I think it's my favorite ramen, maybe in all of Canada. I think so. 
Cool. Yeah, cool. I think so. Um, I, I usually get mine with the karage in there, but since we split it, I tried the chachu out. And the chashu was good, but I think I'm still team karage. You're team karage? I would do chashu yeah. again, I think. Yeah. yeah, cool. Good. Good. It's tasty chashu. Oh my god, like, so yeah. good. That, um, I don't know, man, those chicky bits are pretty tight. Just the bits. Um, chicky bits. And then the next day, we ended up going to ramen again, but at Zubu, out in Burnaby. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a good oops. Oops. I've done it once again. Uh, They were good. They had a lot smaller portion. Mm -hmm. So getting getting their happy hour appetizer and ramen and dessert was totally a a satisfying amount. Yeah, it wasn't too much. (laughs) Uh, So Zubu is basically the people that used to work at Jinya. We used to have a bunch of Jinyas. In Vancouver, and it sounds like it's a franchise because you had some Jinya. I had Jinya in, in Calgary, yeah. Okay, yeah. So there's only one Jinya left in Vancouver, and the rest uh, got turned into Zubus. And they're very similar. And I mean that in like a good way as well. Like if you're like, I want ramen, but I, I kind of want like just like you know, I don't want to try a place I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're they're pretty pretty good. Um, we also hit Magic Stronghold for miniatures and... Are you casting things. spells right now? I yes. am. I'm, I'm going to be a hand talker, I yeah. think. What, what are your thoughts on Stronghold? Stronghold... Because that was one of the places I wanted yeah, to Yeah, Stronghold fucking slaps. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh... I mean, it's not fair to compare it to... Well, no, it is fair to compare it to Sentry Box. So... Yeah, they're both model-based hobby shops that have a card game presence. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's totally fair to compare them. I will say that what Sentry Box had for selection of pure amount of stock as far as model kits goes uh, is hard to rival. Mm -hmm. Though Stronghold did not rival the amount of kits they had, they fucking blew them out of the water when it came to paints brushes supplies all of the shit you need to make shit they even they even had coat to arms and finger kiss lip explosion i kind of wish i grabbed some now that we're talking about it but oh you did no i didn't end up getting any but if oh uh, i thought you did you you fucking stupid cunt how how dare you not buy coat to arms for for those of you listening at home uh if you remember back in i think it was the early 2000s Games Workshop mm. switched paint companies, and it was a big fucking hubbub. So their paint traditionally had been made in the UK by a UK-based company that I think was also the same paint company that used to produ- produce the paint for all of the fucking... Maybe this is just made-up lore, so don't quote me on it, but the version of the story I got was that same paint company they used to use produced all of the paints for the British Army, when they were like oh. painting warships and stuff, so their like war pigments, like war paint pigments, were like perfect to a T because that's what they did. But I feel like that's the kind of like uh, urban legend that everyone gets about a paint company. <laughs> so maybe yeah, it's actually, yeah. My my paint guys, my paint guys uh, actually killed people during the war. <laughs> yeah, my my paint guy is also my dad, and he works at. He works at Xbox Super Live, Nintendo. and he's going to get your Halo account banned. 
Um, cause you keep sword canceling me and killing me. Um, so <laughs> they have, this is a wild ride. Thank you everyone for putting up with it. They have coat, coat, yeah, thank you. And we're and sorry. Coat to arms paint, which is the original manufacturer of games workshop paint. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, save a few name changes for legal reasons. All of the paints that Coat to Arms make are the exact same paints you got when you were a kid making Warhammer in the 90s. Um, so that's really fucking cool because fucking nobody carries that. It is so hard to get because it's expensive as fuck to ship that from the UK. So I was super mm-hmm. impressed to see that. So um, yeah, amazing, amazing shop. So cool. Fuck yeah. Uh, then after that, we ended up hitting up Toy Traders. How was, how was Toy Traders? How was your, uh, your Bioshock Infinite Minis that you got? So, (sighs) Toy Traders. Toy Traders (laughs) is the biggest used store, toy store in all of Canada. And maybe the world, probably not. There's probably one bigger somewhere in the States, but... Uh, Isn't like Frankenstein's? Yeah, Frankenstein's probably. Um, so... For those of you listening at home, Frankenstein's is our slang for Frankenstein's, <laughs> which is a uh, basically a giant flea market. Um, oh, okay. So that might be the difference. Toy then. Traders. Um, in my brain, Toy Traders is everything I wish and want a toy store to be. Mm-hmm. There is this magical, beautiful canvas painting in my mind that I have created of what Toy Traders is. And then in reality, it's almost none of those things. Like, I do love it, but I just either have bad luck or I'm a cheap bastard because every time I go, I, like, don't find anything that ticks the boxes. And the boxes I'm trying to tick are, like, cool, weird shit from my youth that I think is rad on card and maybe want to own again. That's cheap. That doesn't ever exist when I'm there. Uh, yeah, you're, you're looking into the wrong Venn yeah. diagrams, I cool, think, as well. Cool NECA shit that I missed on shelf in when it was peg warming, and maybe I can find it opened and used for cheap. That doesn't exist. Uh, a vintage Greedo. Never have I ever seen one. So, like, <laughs> there's all of these things that I want it to be and wish it to be, and it has the potential to be all of those things, but every time I go, it's not those things. Gotcha, gotcha. So I do love it. I think it's an amazing place. I mm-hmm. always miss out on what my brain wishes would be there. See, that that's what's upsetting, because like, I've had so many scores from there, and I, I know I'll continue yeah. to, but I also know that I am a lot closer yeah. to there than you are. You get are. to hit it up at a frequency in which you can sort of keep keep your thumb on it and find good finds when they show up and like Yeah, and there's been a couple times too where I've been like, "Hey, I'm looking for this like weird obscure thing, my like flavor of the week shit that I'm into." And um some of the the staff there will be like, "Oh, hey, you mean these?" and they'll like bust shit out from like, you know, that have been processed but not put out yet. Right. Um, so like, there's there's ways to get around it too, but yeah, it's one of those things too where like a lot of there is kind of like the supply and demand, and like there's certain things where it's like okay, well, like aftermarket prices for certain things are up a bit more, and they are a collectible store, not a retail store. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Um. So. 
But then again, like I said, I've had plenty of times too where I'm like, holy shit, Bacon toy for $25? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes, please, let's do it. Um, also, one of the other things too that I've noticed as well, for me, um, the, the, the emphasis is on the traders part. So like, usually what I do is I'll load up a box of shit that I just don't want anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm like, okay, I'm cycling through this. I'll drop it off there, get like a couple hundred bucks in trade. Um, and then it's like, oh, now these figures are a little bit more palatable because... Right, I can, I can I got, give them I my... got Imagination Fun yeah, money. Yeah, you can give them your trader bucks for most, if not all, yeah. of the cost of the toy you want. Yeah, which happened as well. Like, I had 125 left over, and I've been kind of looking for, um, the Thrilling 30s Generations Rhinox. Mm-hmm. Because the New Kingdom Rhinox uh, sucks dog penis. I can actually and... confer with this because I took a thorough look at both when you got yours. Mm-hmm. And can confirm in hand, in person, the version you got is far superior. Yeah, except for the knee joints. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but that, that's fixable with some future. And, like, it is a common problem. And I knew that going in. And I knew, I'm like, I'm probably not going to be one of the lucky ones. Mm-hmm. But, you know what? And because the new Rhinox is so dog shit, it actually did increase the price yeah. of the good one by a lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, I still paid a very fair price considering how much it was all, how much it's going for, mm-hmm. and it was even better because it was all in imagination dollars. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but that was kind of my only thing that I picked up there. There's a couple like mini things that I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I got I got a little star scream, a little star scrack, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was good. That yeah. was good. Yeah, but that was the those are those two days, uh, and then we did Richmond. That was your. I don't want to say this is your first time in Richmond, but like first, like it was like it? real adventure in Richmond. I'm sh- I'm yeah, sure I've been there and spent time there over the course of my like childhood with family in Vancouver, et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was my first time really exploring Richmond, and we went to Steveston's. Yeah, yeah, so we went to Steveston, um, and we had some fish and chips, checked out a couple, uh, so Steveston is like a fisherman village, um, and also a backdrop for a lot of series, uh, a lot of people might recognize it as Storybrooke from ABC's hit Once Upon a Time. Uh, cool. No, no, we don't, I know, we don't talk Disney here, because Logan, uh, gets panicky again. Um, I don't get panicky, just Disney fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, it's a charming little fishing village. He's like shaking your head. It's a bit, Logan, we're doing a bit. Okay, bud. I'm razzing you. Um, This is the last episode of the podcast. (laughs) This is it, we we called it. Nailed it. it. This is the last one. Okay, no, sorry, Um, sorry. No, no, it's okay. Uh, Fish and chips, checked out some of the cute little shops there. Uh, and then we bounced on over to Imperial Hobbies. Yes. Tell me about Imperial Hobby. your Imperial Hobbies uh, experience. Before we leave Steveston, that is where I found the used bookstore that I got Gaijin, but I feel like oh, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. we should close okay. the episode with Gaijin, because it's so fucked. 
Okay, and I, cool. I'm I have down to hook the people listening. They're like, "Ooh, I need to find out about this fucked up book Logan bought." Um, I mean, you you looked at them and you're just like, "There's something fucked up about these." I'm buying the trilogy. Yeah, I, I did. So. I, that's exactly how it went down. So good, okay, good. so we go to Imperial. <laughs> when I said not like you'd be hard pressed to find a place to rival the amount of model kits present <laughs> at Century Box. Welcome to Richmond and welcome <laughs> to Imperial uh, Imperial Hobbies. So they yeah. they might not have had the same selection of, of Games Workshop shit. Like their selection was comprehensive, but not everything like Sentry Box had. But boy mm-hmm. howdy, if you want military kits, holy fucking shit. They have yeah. all of them. Just anything you could ever dream of and they have it. Um, which was perfect because um, it was either the last episode or the one before Tony and I talked about Turn Up 28, the yeah. open source uh, Napoleonic era <laughs> skirmish war game where there's no set models yeah. and you're meant to just kit bash everything. The, yeah, the thing we're both obsessed with right Yeah, the now. thing we're hooked on. Uh, so they have the Perry miniature kits and... Those miniature kits have the kind of rifles you want for turn up 28, which, so this was the main appeal of Mm -hmm. us going. So we got to paw through a bunch of kits. um, And then you got some from Victrex. Is that how you say it? Yeah. So I ended up getting one one set of uh, Perry's and one set of Victrex. Mostly just because I wanted the the rifle arms and the backpacks. And there was like 50 two dudes you could make with the victrex ones and i'm like well if i'm just kind of like harvesting the arms and the backpacks then i might as well use these um and then i could probably like blue stuff clone the backpacks if i need to uh whereas the parry guys were like pretty fucking cool looking like those are definitely a higher sculpt quality than the victrex ones. you reckon i feel like they're pretty comparable um, it might have just been, like, like some flashing on the Victrix ones is a little bit more noticeable than the, uh... Yeah, yeah. Than the Perry, but the Perry ones are, like... Like, I, I'm not a big, like, miniatures guy. I'm not really a big, like, war game enthusiast either. But, like, I don't know. The Victrix ones kind of... They, they, they... I don't know. Not blew me out of the water, but I'm like, yeah, these are pretty fucking cool. Yeah. So, uh, Victrix though, like they, you know what, they're, I love how they're just like, here's a fucking bag of plastic, asshole. Yeah, I, like, them and Perry, like, so with Games Workshop, if you're buying models, you're used to paying anywhere between 5 and $30 a model. Like, Game Games yeah. Workshop shit is fucking expensive. We did the mm. math on Perry and the Victrix stuff, and you pay, like, a buck a miniature, roughly. Like, a buck yeah, 50 a, a miniature. Yeah, at most. At most. Yeah, and so... Yeah, if, if, you, if you're listening and you like wargaming stuff, I highly recommend checking out Turnip28. It's all open source. They have 3D mm-hmm. printable files to help you make cool kit bashes, which Tony and I spent a bunch of our time in <laughs> Vancouver making way too yeah. many for them. I have a bag of 100 or more. Uh, <laughs> it's like... 
you're come close to 150. That's insane. I have so many torsos, but they 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 do like an armored torso and like a weird turn up 28 inspired uh like beaky sort of mask to the the armored mm-hmm. helmets. And the idea is you snip your peri miniature off at the legs, glue the torsos and the arms on and bam, there you go. So, I think that's like just such a cool fucking way to have like air quotes official yeah. minis for your open source game. Like here, print all the fucking shit you want and make whatever your heart desires. Like, yeah, I should have read the rule book a little bit more. Cause I, I was expecting almost kind of like a more Warhammer scale of everything. Yeah. Uh, but then I'm like, Oh, I'm going to need like maybe 30 models tops. Uh, Fuck! I have enough to make ninety guys. Yeah, I have enough to make. I have enough to make multiple <laughs> armies as well. But yeah. I mean, you could always like inflate the rules and make a bigger game if you wanted to. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the, the idea is kind of like you have your HQ unit, and then that mm-hmm. that commander has either one or two units of troops that follow it. So you could always play it where you're like, you just have more HQ units to make the army bigger. Yeah, and I've I've been buying a couple other guys on like clearance and discount mm-hmm. to use as HQ guys. So nice. yeah, yeah, so so our trip to our trip to Imperial was entirely turnip twenty eight inspired. Um, yep. Yeah, Imperial was cool. They they had some really cool paint. They had all clad, which made me really happy because yeah. that's like a uh, it's a paint that again seems to be really fucking hard to find at least in Canada. Um, but mm-hmm. I got a chrome. Or aluminum, rather, all-clad paint. Because I want to start doing... I've, I've talked about this before on the cast. Some airbrushing on some old... Uh, not old, but uh, current Bandai Sofubi. Just, like, little oh, cheap yeah, yeah, dudes. Yeah. So, I, I got some chrome because I want to... Or, fuck, I keep saying chrome. Aluminum because I want to mess around <laughs> with some metallics and, and get into airbrushing. So, just slowly gathering all the bits I need for the airbrushing project as well. But the main... That was a surprise to find that, but the main the main point was to go get some parry kits, and boy, howdy, did did we ever! Yeah, you got quite a few. I huh? got three. Um, so I got <laughs> infantry. I got some European mercenaries, so like dudes with either spears or crossbows, and then I got some mounted horse rifleman dudes because there are mounted units in the game, and I wanted to make mounted units, and. Mm-hmm. The Perry ones are super, again, super affordable. Like, if I were to get mounted, like, anything, like a horse or, like, a weird raptor creature or, like, wolves from, like, Games Workshop, those would be, like, $30 for four. And it's like, fuck that. So, I think the kit I got builds 14 horse guys. Oh, fuck. (laughs) That's amazing. I think so. I got a bunch of extra horsies, so... I think it said 14. Anyways, it was enough that I was impressed with the amount. Hell yeah. Yeah, so I think I think that is is the end of of the Imperial Saga and the next was the Richmond Night Market. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right, tell them tell them all about it. Uh so this was actually probably the the slowest year that I've been to of the Night Market. Oh, I thought you were going to start the story with my freak out in the car. Oh, no, I was just joking okay. about that. We were being wieners to you as well in the car about the parking. Yeah. So sometimes a, a bit goes a bit too far, and that was on that was on me. Yeah. So my it's bad. It's all good. Um, but yeah, uh, 
I, I'm not even gonna lie. I got a little overwhelmed a couple times at the night market. So yeah, so I was just like, there's a lot of fucking. Tony, people. Tony was like, yeah, this is like half the size it normally is. <laughs> In the midst <clears throat> of me like having flight, fight, flight, or freeze reaction, where I'm just kind of like locked yeah. and I don't know where to move and what to do. And he's like, yeah, it's usually way <laughs> bigger. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, there is a. Co- I, I did kind of have to like do a thing where I'm like, all right, here's the plan. Yeah. We're all splitting up to get our food things, meet at this fucking monument here. Doesn't matter how long it is, when we're all together, that's when we r- rinse and repeat. Yeah, so. yeah. So, like, we, we went through the sort of market side, which was, like, not to be too hard on it, but it was pure shit. Um, it was there, this year. Like, it was There was bad. just fuck all to see and, like, fuck all that was interesting. Like, in my brain, I wanted it to be, like, Dragon City Mall. Like, I wanted it to be, like, all kinds of weird stuff. But it was just, like... It was, like, if you picked 20 of the worst vendors at an anime convention. Oh, that's still generous. That's still generous. It was, like, if you picked 20 of the worst vendors at a flea market? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, well... It was just, like, all, like, AliExpress socks and, like, jewelry and just mm-hmm. garbage. So the, the the buying shit area sucked, but then the food shit area was dope. Um, the yeah. only caveat being, being surrounded by way more people than I've interacted with or <laughs> a biggest crowd I've been in in a very long time, which was a little panic-inducing. But overall, I think yeah. we managed it well. Um well well enough um but it was a good time but i don't think i ever need to go back to the richmond night market yeah i honestly think that was kind of my last time for a very long while too like i i used to go every year with friends yeah uh but then i think i missed the last few years even before the panini happened um i just yeah i don't know it was it's all right for what it was. I wanted some like I wanted also... some like Gremlins ass shit where there's just, like a weird old man selling like a fucking Daruma with someone's soul trapped in it or like. I can <laughs> honestly tell you that's never been a thing at the nightmare. <laughs> oh, okay. It's always just been what was really cool. They used to have a second night market. Well, this one is the second night market. The first one used to be down by the docks, close to where the Ikea is. Was that the one and... where you could find, like, a monkey's paw with wishes in it and stuff? No, but Evertoys used to be oh, there. Oh, what's, and what's they Evertoys? Were like... So, Richmond actually used to have a bunch of, like, Japanese import shops. Really? Yeah, and now we don't have any. Aww. Except for the very expensive one in Aberdeen. Oh, yeah, fuck that um, place. Yeah, that place blows goats. Um... I'm not going to mention it, but, like, if you know, you fucking if know. If you know, you know. Um, but, yeah, Evertoys. I think Evertoys, the owner, ended up becoming the guy that started Fans Project. Oh. He's not the one whose soul yeah. got trapped in the Daruma, right? No, that was the other oh, guy, okay. and his whole fucking deserves to be there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, yeah, so, like, they had a booth there, and I remember getting a few, like... Um, oh shit, was it Galaxy Force? That was, uh, oh, we called it Cybertron here, but in Japan it was, I think, Galaxy Force. And I remember getting a few figures that were, like, pretty affordable from them before when they were posted up at the, uh, night market. But now it's just kind of, yeah, just, like, weird AliExpress shit mm-hmm. and, like, 
deep fried everything. I came to the realization as well. I'm like, why do I fucking feel so gross today? Uh, every meal we had was deep fried. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Every meal we had was deep fried. It's okay. I've turned over a new leaf. So, yeah. Literally, salads for everybody. Salads for everybody. I fucking measured my Cheerios this morning with a fucking measuring oh, cut. Shit. Nice. I'm taking nice. this shit seriously. I don't want to fucking die. Good. This after all, after all the ramen I ate on my trip, I need to, I need to literally change everything <laughs> about myself. Um, yeah, that, no, the yeah. the food was really good. We had tokoyaki. Um, I had some some fries that I regret getting. I like real. Oh, they weren't they good? Were, they were good, but, like, I had ch- fish and chips for lunch that day, and then I ordered kimchi yeah. fries at the night market, and I'm like, what am I doing with so many fried potatoes? <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Uh, all, the, all the food was really, really good, though. Mm-hmm. So much bubble tea, too. We had, like, two instances of bubble tea. Yeah, we did have two instances of bubble tea. Yeah, in the same day, mind you. Within the same, like, hour hemisphere as well whoa i didn't realize damn yeah and then i when we, like, we choked did... on one <laughs> yeah I almost... I, again i thought it was a bit but it and wasn't a bit and i'm died. like oh fuck oh shit so i choked on a bubble tea bubble um the t- uh tapioca ball is it still in there? shot into my in fucking there? lungs and then i coughed so fucking hard right when it happened and i couldn't stop coughing because of this incident but I didn't realize is the tapioca ball had shot from my lungs up into the back of my nose area. And then as we were driving at night out of Richmond and back home, I could feel it slowly receding back towards my throat. And like, <laughs> I didn't want to cough or sneeze or do anything. Cause I didn't want to like accidentally lodge it further in my nose or back into my lungs so i basically yeah. let it just drop into the back of my mouth and i swallowed it and oh. it was horrendous but like because i had coughed so fucking hard to shoot that bad boy out my like just throat hurt from coughing which made me want to cough more i don't know mm. it was yeah, fucking was gross i apologize i should have given a trigger warning to everyone listening yeah. You should have gone for the coconut jelly. Yeah, I should have. <laughs> that would have been easier to just happened. inhale and just forget about and let it live in my lung. It's, it's long shaped, so you'll be fine. I'll get nice and stuck in a bracket. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, fuck, that's that's rough, bud. Yeah, and that was it. And then I had a had a sleep, and then went to then you left me. In left the morning. you all alone. I mean, I knew that was gonna happen. Yeah. I. It's okay. I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm probably going to sleep in since you're taking an early ferry, yeah. so. Yeah, um, and then <laughs> we did, I did Pepper Worldwide the whole time I was gone, um, and yeah. we had this sort of, like, narrative going about me being hunted by skeletons, <clears throat> and I was going to record, like, a little, like, audio book thing for this episode, but I didn't get around to doing it, and I was like, you know what, we're probably going to talk for way longer than we normally do, so and so I think I'll push it to next week, so next week we'll get the thrilling conclusion of Pepper and the, or not the conclusion, I think I'm going to leave it on a cliffhanger, but I'll read a chapter, I'll do a dramatic reading of the saga of Pepper versus the skeletons uh, for you guys to listen I'm to into next it. week. And then... I'm down and into it. Uh, do you want to talk about the book? 
Yeah, tell me about this book that you bought. I mean, I, I saw the covers, but that's like all the context I have. Okay, so this book is called Gaijin. And that's a term that North Americans, I feel like if weebs and Safubi guys and toy guys and just nerds in general, we kind of throw around that phrase pretty loosely. <laughs> but it's kind of a deeply, inherently like racist and bigoted thing to say like i think the direct translation is ghost man right uh that's guaylo that's guaylo okay but guy jin is what <laughs> i done something else i think uh it it's just a, it's a mean hateful thing to say to someone who's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who is who is white and in japan um but i feel like it's a phrase that like we use maybe we shouldn't inherently it it's racially charged and kind of <laughs> offensive and that this book jumped out at me i'm like first off it's written by a guy named mark olden and i'm like yo mark wrote a book called guy jin there's something mm-hmm. to this and then i read the quote on the front and it's like fascinating characters an intricate plot and a blistering play- pace by the the quote is from Tom Clancy and I'm like oh we're into weird like boomer book territory what's going yeah, on here you are. then I flip this shit over and it's like they call him the guy Jin the outsider a british traitor in world war 2 he is now modern japan's most savage crime lord his method is torture and I'm like yo what the fuck oh and so Needless to say, I bought all three books in the trilogy. Um, Excellent. Actually, I think two of the books, <laughs> two of the books are linked, and then one of them is like the Chinese version of this book. I think, like it's set in China rather than Japan. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So I'm like, what are we gonna get into? What's this book gonna be all about? <laughs> and it opens with this woman, and she's in Honolulu, and. She sees four doves like flutter out from under her porch and fly off into the the night. And yeah, (laughs) here's the transition. This just feels like a Steven Seagal movie. Dude, it fucking is. Okay, you know what it is? It is a Quentin Tarantino movie. That's what it is. It is exploitative. It is racist. It is violent. It is gross. And, People and love it. <laughs> someone loves it, because this book was probably a bestseller. Someone out there loves it. Yeah. And and it's weird that we give Tarantino a pass. I don't know why we do that. But so the doves fly out, and she goes, how does she word it? Uh, four doves. Four was the number of agents in Alexa's spy team in February 1945, the year the nightmare began. So she's an elite spy. We're getting into like Kill Bill okay. territory almost. Yeah, yeah, picking so it up. It's good. She's she's like a code breaker, and that's what she does. And she's been after Rupert De Jong. That's gonna be the guy Jin. And when she's describing him, it's so fucking funny. Um, <laughs> like one of the one of the passages is the Japanese alphabet contained over two thousand hieroglyphics and almost sixty letters. Too many to adapt to the cipher system. She refers to kanji as hieroglyphics oh my god dude it's so bad it's so bad and i'm like okay so like (laughs) that's fucked 
but like okay he's writing like a pulpy shitty spy novel so whatever it's it's mm-hmm. it is what it is then we we skip a few pages to them being in switzerland and getting captured by rupert de jong and his men oh wait before the capture uh oh fuck how does she word it it's so bad Okay, here we go, here we go. So, before the capture, she refers to Zhang as practicing judo, kendo, and Japanese archery, where just one indication of how... was just one indication of how thoroughly Japanese the Englishman had become. What the... (laughs) Fuck! (laughs) What the actual hot fuck? Like... Like, yeah, judo, kendo, right? Okay. Japanese mm-hmm. archery. Like. Drastically like, ho- like, I know <laughs> what he means, but like homeboy couldn't even be bothered to like go to a library and figure out if there's a specific method of Japanese archery and get the proper name and use it. Instead, he's just like, uh, fucking, I guess, Japanese archery. But like the way, <laughs> the way it goes from that to, it was an indication of how thoroughly Japanese the Englishman had become. It's That's so ridiculous. it's so like deeply racist in a way we don't like to acknowledge, because like because like how many fucking boomers read this in like nineteen eighty six? Yeah, yeah, this like, this is what I want. Like, God damn, this is some good writing. The bad guy knows Japanese archery, <laughs> and. Just when I thought it couldn't continue to be more offensive. Uh, so they get captured and she's looking at a photo on a Swiss German farmer's mantle. This is the place they're being held when they're captured in Switzerland by some Nazis and the Gaijin guy. Um, yeah. So she's describing uh, this picture <laughs> and the picture on the mantle is... It's, it's the farmer and Himmler. He's standing next to Himmler. And it says, Holy The shit. round-faced, chinless Himmler was dressed as Abdul Hamid, the sultan of Turkey, and Shulman, that's the farmer, in a turban yeah. and blackface. Alright, what the fuck? Oh, wow. What All the right, fuck? Okay. And a step behind him, he had come as Himmler's slave. What the fuck? This is like the this is the decoder ring to why everyone is racist, and like oh like when you see pictures of politicians doing blackface, it's cause they read the fucking guy Jin, and like, <laughs> and it it just keeps going, and I'm like, that's my Halloween costume, this right? Year. Like like the, the wow, okay, and then I'm like, okay, it couldn't possibly get worse. By the way, we're on page seven. And I'm like, it can't get worse. And I flip the page and... It better get worse. Come on, get worse. Oh, it gets worse, buddy. So, Dijong... <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it's kind of uh, spread out. I'm not going to like read all of the paragraph, but he there's a character introduced called uh, Kasumi. And mm-hmm. she is a former prostitute. Which, okay. that's fine. That's whatever. Um, ex- I'm still waiting except for she's 15 it to not be fine. And she's, oh, quote, the only creature whom DeJong ever showed any tenderness towards as she was his traveling companion. And you're like, ooh, how can this get worse? Her parents handed her over for three bags of rice. Oh. What the actual fuck? Right? 
It's so crazy. So now I'm morbidly fascinated by this shit awful book, but like it <laughs> and like reading it is so much different than viewing it because as I was reading it, I was thinking about how Quentin Tarantino makes movies and I'm like this is just a rough draft of a Tarantino flick. It's yeah, that's the next one that's going to come out after the, the cartoon he's working on or something. It's... Yeah, Twinton, Quentin Tarantino presents Guy Jin, the, be- Guy Jin. the best-selling book of 1986 with all of its racism unedited. Tar- Tarantino. <laughs> no fucking punches held. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty cool, the, man. I'm glad you picked up your words. Well, I didn't know what I was getting into, and then I didn't realize every single page would offend me like more and more yeah. and more to a point of like desensitization, and it's like it is like I'm just reading the like the most pulpy, heinous like exploitation book ever written. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so bad. Well, at least it's living up to your expectations. I get, I, like, how did I know just by looking at it? And I'm like, this is going to be fucked up and stupid. Like, how, do, yeah, how yeah, did yeah. I know? Yeah, 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 perfect. So, uh, check it out. But probably, most likely at your local library. Um, okay, so here's my cover quote. The Amazon here's my, <laughs> Kindle version. Here's my cover quote. So, instead of Tom Clancy saying, fascinating characters, intricate plot, and blistering pace, I'm going to go with total dog shit ill-conceived racist bullshit pepper that's my that's get fucked get fucked scumbag get fucked gaijin that out of context that's not good (laughs) get fucked mark olden um yeah it's weird i didn't know this specific brand of pulp exploitation kind of book existed until now and i don't think i'm better off knowing it existed because the morbidity of my fascination makes me want to finish reading it. And then yeah. the realist in me is like, dude, you're going to get halfway and give up on it. And then you're just like, what was the fucking point in subjecting yourself to it? You know? You're just going to get mad about it. Yeah. So I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should keep reading it or if I should burn it. So no one ever does. Just ride the spiral till you want to get off. <laughs> is that, is that Charles Mance? Is that Helter Skelter? Is that... Oh, no, I, I thought it might be Tool lyrics. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I thought we were... At least now I hope it's Tool I thought you were tying lyrics. it back into Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because the, the secret's oh. out. It's just a pen name. Tarantino actually wrote this. That would have been way smarter. Uh, yeah. Anyways, that book's fucked. That... <laughs> cool. Good. I'm, I'm glad you grabbed no, it. I don't know. I'm, gra- I'm glad you grabbed all three. Make sure to display them proudly in your bookshelf. Yeah, I don't know. It makes me wonder, though. It's like, I've never read a Tom Clancy book, but, like, I imagine Tom Clancy's probably equally as, like, backward and mild. <laughs> now, now he's, like, weird and racist by proxy? Probably. I don't know. Maybe. I, I know he makes video games. That's about it. <laughs> I don't know if he makes them personally. I think he just collects royalty check. Yeah, no, no, he's the one that presses F to pay respects, right? Oh, was that a Clancy? I think it was a Clancy. Yeah. I don't know, I'm sure, I'm sure if you go back and read Tom Clancy books, it's just, like, heinous, like, 
like anti <laughs> anti communist further back like, you get yeah. yeah like he'll describe like all of the bad guys in like the most offensive ways you could describe someone from like eastern europe yeah 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 <laughs> uh yeah yeah most i i can't even say like well i don't know like that's definitely probably yeah. what it is yeah so yeah fuck mark olden uh fuck tom clancy by proxy um <laughs> Yeah, thanks everyone for tuning into this really long episode that was post uh, road trip. We didn't have questions this week, nor did we have a wow for you, but I have a wow for you for next week. We'll oh, bring back wow. what ends it? Who would you like to see as a guest on the podcast? Oh. That is our wow, because uh, sometimes we listen to feedback. And other times we happen to know people, so maybe you'll list someone we already have an established relationship with. Can make it happen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's been a long time since we've had anyone on. Was the last person we had on Corey? Science Patrols? I think so. That I was in so. January, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my desk was in a completely different position. Holy shit. It's like, we're long overdue for having a guest, so... Yeah, we gotta get someone on. We gotta make yeah. it happen. We're real podcasts. Yeah, so now. for next week's well, who would you like to see on the podcast as a guest? And bonus points if you send us their Instagram, just in case we don't know who they are and we can do a little research. But, chances yeah. are we're gonna know who they are, because we're smart guys. Right? But also, put, put their name in first and then send us the Instagram link. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that just about does it for us on the podcast. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be doing yeah. an outro again. Was there anything you wanted to say to the people, Tony, before we get on out of here? Oh, just the usual. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes and follow us on Spotify if you want to follow us a little bit closer. We've got a Discord. Links that are easily available. Uh, for real, people join it, and I don't know how they got the links. Me neither. Uh, so that that's pretty cool. Uh, and if you want to follow us on other social media, Logan is Pepper Made a Game on Twitter. And I'm Tony Velocity. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. All right. And remember, folks, a Boba Fett for a Greedo is a notoriously bad trade. We'll see you next time. Uh, bye bye. Oh, I forgot to mention it on when we were doing the actual episode, but when I was in Calgary, oh. I went to an antique mall and I got another vintage Greedo. Oh, shit. That's a perfect bookend. That's, I'm glad you got at least one. Oh, he's, oh, he's going on the shelf. Oh, he's on the shelf. He's on, he the, on shelf the shelf now. now. Wow. What a, what a time to be alive. <laughs>